Okay, thank you so much. Merci beaucoup. Wow, what a good message. Excellent thoughts. I think he stole my message, I think. Actually, several points on that message. So that's good. We're in the spirit. That's great. Uh, so, Pastor Johan and Pastor Jean, what a joy to be with Patricia and Pastor Jean and, and Pastor Johan, the whole church here. Thank you for having me. Uh, exceptional hospitality. I woke up, I had hot croissants and a coffee. And I said, my wife doesn't even do that. I said, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, greetings from my wife and son, of course. Uh, and um, so he asked me to share a little bit about who I am. And so um, maybe I'll say a couple words because we want to talk about Jesus. Amen. Uh, um, but... But yes, I'm in Baltimore uh, with Pastor Schaller working with the pastoral care. And I work in what's called the in-reach department or the pastoral care. So we are loving the church and building the, the people of God, uh, helpers of people's joy. And um, just very, uh, very busy in the sense of uh, learning and knowing God. Uh, so in the last few years, I've been part of three church plants in the local area. So I'm passionate about church planting with you. And uh, earlier on, uh, we, my wife and I were missionaries in the Ukraine. So Ukraine is a very special part of my heart. Uh, we've been involved in the Ukrainian work for probably 30 years, probably. Uh, we've been in the work of the Ukraine for about 30 years, so. It's great to have our friends back there, Elaine and her mom, so. They traveled here, and we love, we love the Ukraine, amen? Yeah, so, yes, amen. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, uh, we think of the work of God. We, there's four churches in the Ukraine that are doing well. They're doing well. My, my brother, Pastor Christian Moore, maybe you know him. We, we're in touch with the Ukraine every, every week, several times a week. So. It's, it's amazing God is moving in that country for the gospel's sake. So. So. But I want to just say again, thank you for having me, and I... I pray that God will speak to you in this week. How many want God to speak to you this week? Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, Lord, we're praying that these words would be your words, Lord. Because uh, any other words have no power. May you visit us. Thank you for the beautiful music and the beautiful message, uh, the spirit of Christ in this place. We recognize it. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Jean and 
Pastor Johan and the pastors here in France. Pastor Texier, Lord, thank you. Just uh, we trust you for this time. Father, we pray for healings today. We pray for revelations. Uh, pray for just joy and uh, just deep encouragement. Thank you, Lord. You know what we need. Uh, you know what our churches need. Prosper the work in France, we pray. Uh, we pray that we pray that people would come and they, they would just be drawn by your Holy Spirit. Uh, in this dark day, uh, that your light would pierce the darkness and save souls, Lord. Uh, we trust you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So I have a lot of notes, so that's dangerous. Pastor Johan said I could speak for about two hours. Oh, I want to say something about Tanya down here. Tanya is omnipresent, I think. She's omnipresent. She, she does an amazing job, isn't she? Doesn't she? Let's give her a big hand. She's been super helpful. Yeah. There's a verse uh, that says, uh, you are helpers of our joy. And uh, so she's like a female Paul, you could say. She's definitely very helpful. Okay. I hope that wasn't blasphemous to say that. <laughs> okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's dive in. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we had a great morning in Nîmes, and we shared uh, some thoughts, and I want to build on them today. And there's a term I'd like to develop with you called people building. People building. And how I want to define that is that we are building people in a grace identity. And why is grace so important? And I'll tell you why. Because knowing who God is, we understand our true self. Knowing who God is, we understand our true self. And we just heard a beautiful message about how grace is the person of Christ. So I would like to develop that thought a little bit with you. Because grace really is a revelation of God, isn't it? It really is. And the more we walk with God, the more we really understand the preciousness of grace. Isn't it true? Uh, Paul says in Romans 11.33 that it is immeasurable. In Ephesians 3.17 it says that it has... There is no way to measure height or depth or width or length. So grace, knowing who God is, we know who we really are in grace. Donc la 
And these last two years have been difficult, haven't they? They have. And there's many problems. But it is not too difficult for grace. And that the healing nature of God is so necessary for us individually and corporately. Isn't that true? These are dark days. But I believe that God will do his best work now. I think he will. I believe people are open. I believe people are scared. I believe people are seeking answers. And it is the perfect time to go to Morocco. It's a perfect time. <laughs> uh, it's a perfect time to be on the streets. Uh, it's a perf- there, are many, there are many churches closed in America because people are scared. And what a perfect time to be bold. What a perfect time to declare the goodness of God. What, it, what a perfect time it is to face the danger and preach the gospel. It's perfect time. Amen? Perfect. It's perfect time. And this message of grace is the most powerful message that we can share. Grace in your life, in my life, is the most, most powerful thing in our life. It is more powerful than sin. It is more powerful than our past. It is more powerful than generational curses. It's more powerful than pain, mental illness. Grace is the most powerful thing in our life. And in knowing God, we know ourselves after this grace. The person of Christ. One writer says it like this. It's the boundless goodness and kindness of God towards man. It is the supreme motive. It is the unlimited love of God. Expressing itself in measureless grace. It's interesting. Grace cannot be defined. That's how amazing that it is. And I want to talk about this for a few minutes with you. To, to, this is how we experience God. And we know in Hebrews chapter 13 that we need to be established in this grace. We need an identity in this grace. Because our world is dark. But that's okay. Light always penetrates the darkness. Truth always prevails over falsehood. Always. Aren't you glad today that we don't need to feel our faith? 
It's a divine fact. God is true. The reality of God is true. And to understand God will take our, our whole life. And then it'll take all of eternity. So if you don't understand God today, that's a good place. <laughs> Just keep saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I feel like I say that every day. Lord, show me your glory. That's a great prayer. Exodus 3. By the way, if you want things to change in your life, ask, say that prayer. Ask God that for that prayer. Lord, show me your glory. I did that for a year. And I continue to do that. And it's, it's incredible. God will show you his glory. He will do it. In the small things. In the big things. In the daily routine. In your own life. God will say, I am with you. I am for you. I am moving in your life. I am always working. Always working. Always. Lord, I don't see it. God says, I'm working. I pray in January and maybe I see a prayer in March and the answer to prayer in March. God is always working. God is always moving. God is always loving. And so, as we look here in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 8, excuse me. So, think of this with me. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know His grace. You experience His grace. I am convinced that The things we know, we really don't know totally. I remember, remember talking with a brother and I said, Jesus loves you. And he says, oh, I know that already. Tell me something I don't know. And, and I got quiet. I said, no, you don't know it. Maybe you know 1% of a milliperson of the love of God. <laughs> God loves you. And how familiar we are. I am with that thought. I'm familiar with that. But if we could see a glimpse of how much we're loved today, just a glimpse, it would heal us from the inside out. It would build us again. God loves you and his love is stronger than death. And this is the message that we are fellowshipping with. And it brings wholeness, wholeness, completeness. So maybe there's a question today, what is my significance What's my value? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Do I belong? Life questions. Am I random? Am I a, am I a mistake? 
Am I, is, is my life random? Am I a mistake? Grace answers these questions. Grace is so beautifully describing our value. And we know our value when we know God. As we get to know God, we understand our true value. The world is full of people looking for value outside of God and they'll never find it. They look for it in a job. They look for it in a relationship. They look for it in money. And maybe they achieve those things. And they're still empty. Why? Because we are made to know God. We are made to experience God. Experience Him. Not a feeling. Not some sort of like, uh, I don't want to say that in a subjective way, but we can sense God in our life, that God is with us. We know our value. We know the why. Why are we here? Do I fit? I don't know about you, the more we go towards the rapture, the less I feel like I fit in the world, right? Do you feel that way? Like you talk to somebody and they, they like, what language are you speaking? Like figuratively, like what is your word? They don't understand our words. They are grace words. They are a grace language. They are a grace Uh, demonstration in Acts 4.32. All right, so we're going to get to the verse. How you doing so far? You all right? I'm excited about grace. It is the most important thing in our life. It will defeat everything in our life. That is not of God. In Baltimore, I work with Pastor Hadley in our counseling department. And it is a beautiful thing when someone catches a glimpse of grace. Just a glimpse. And that's my prayer this week that you'll catch a glimpse of how good God is how abundant his nature is boundless goodness and kindness unlimited the, un, the expression of God's infiniteness okay she's doing a good job isn't she Juliet yes she is small but mighty small but mighty okay that's another message okay <laughs> okay. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich. Yet for our sake became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. Through his poverty through his poverty. This will not be a prosperity message, don't worry. I don't believe in prosperity messages. <laughs> uh, 
But Jesus became nothing so that we would discover his righteousness. He became insignificant so that we would become significant. He was crucified so that we would have a victorious life. So why is grace so important? Because God wants us to be full in the spirit with his life. So when we think about grace, it's more than just a subject. It's really the manifestation of a, a boundless person of Christ. And this is why it's, it's foreign to the natural mind. In Hebrews 13 it says to be established, to be secure in Christ. All right, I want to give you a list. I'm going to pull a Pastor Chevelli here, okay? And it's important because I want to talk, this will be the foundation for all the messages to come. Okay. So think about this, these things, okay? And this is why grace is so important in a believer's life. So many want to excel in knowledge. So many want to excel in producing something. And that's good. But our motivation really is when it's motivated by grace, God is doing the work. God is doing the, the healing. God is doing the ministry. Uh, so, number one, because God is self-existent, grace has no origin or cause. Now, these are kind of powerful statements, but it's important to think about them because we don't possess this grace in ourselves. You and I cannot give grace. Isn't that good? You might look at me and say, what? What are you talking about? We are simply conduits. We are simply vessels of grace. So the emphasis is really knowing the God of grace. Worshiping the God of grace. Following the God of grace. Humbling ourselves under the hand of the God of grace. And then sin is diminished. Temptation is powerless. The flesh is no longer a fight. But now we fight the fight of faith. Okay, so because God is self-existent or all-sufficient, grace has no origin. John 5.26 Why is that important? Because you and I cannot affect the intensity or cause of grace. Because we cannot affect the intensity or cause of grace. 
l'intensité ou l'effet de la grâce. God will not love you greater or love me less depending on my performance. Dieu ne vous aimera pas plus ou moins selon votre performance. Thank you, Lord, for that. Merci Seigneur pour cela. Because the giver, it's all dependent on the giver. Merci parce que tout dépend de celui qui donne. So therefore I experience grace as I receive grace. But it never stops being abundant towards us. Satan always makes it about performance. What are we doing or not doing? It's all about that as the center of his argument. But with God, All he talks about is his son. That's amazing. You ever have a conversation with God? You know what it's going to be? It'll be John 17. It'll, it'll be how pleased he is with his son. So we can say, oh Lord, I'm sorry I didn't do this or that. Or I, we can be very much naturally performance oriented. Et donc on peut vraiment être conscient de nous-mêmes, de ce qu'on a fait ou ce qu'on n'a pas fait, et avoir une, une vision naturelle orientée sur nos performances. Et Dieu peut dire, ma grâce n'a rien à voir avec toi qui, qui en serait l'origine ou la fin, tu es juste euh, un récipient de cette grâce, juste tu la reçois. Our mental gymnastics can stop as we surrender in grace. And that's, that word surrender is a hard word for people, for us. I would say that surrender means we give authority to the right things in our life. We give the right authority to mercy. And it takes away the authority of condemnation in our life. I give the right authority to love and then it takes away indifference in my life. I give the right authority to forgiveness and then I can love my enemy supernaturally. Grace has no origin in man. It's all God. It's all God. Why is that so important? Because in knowing God means that I, I am canceled out. The gospel is all about a God's plan. Man messing up God's plan. And then God rescuing man. <laughs> What a great story. The book ends, or the beginning and the end is all God. So, number two, God is self-sufficient. And he is the God of all grace. Now, I want to encourage us today not to try to define or to minimize the grace of God by our natural knowledge. Which is very easy to do. It's very easy to do. But I want this to be a revelation of the Spirit. 
Because I know this will transform your life. It's transforming mine, isn't it? It's amazing. The all-sufficiency of God, because he's all-sufficient, means he's the God of all grace. The whole thing. You ever have a, you ever uh, been in a place where you have failed? And all of a sudden, uh, or you, you know someone that's failed? And maybe people change in their way of handling you? Now it's kind of like probation or... Or like people are suspicious, maybe. Well, in grace, grace restores. God restores us back to himself. In 2 Corinthians 3.5, he's the God of all grace. Not my grace. Not your grace. Not the pastor's grace. All grace. So a lot of times grace is not really grace if it comes from me or if it's defined by me. How I handle people in failure shows a lot about the quality of my faith. It really does. I've been challenged by that recently. I had a brother in our church uh, that was very fervent in church. And he made a bad decision. And he was condemning himself. Hard on himself. And was struggling. And he said this to me. He said, I've been in the church for 25 years. And he said, I think now for the very first time I'm understanding a little bit about grace and forgiveness. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? We, we are all in that same place. It's one thing to know it in our brain, but in our heart, we are thankful. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because grace fights for the sinner. Grace fights for the sinner. Grace fights for the sinner. I don't fight for the sinner. I don't really. Like that's the grace fights for the sinner. Isn't that interesting? What does that mean? Well, Luke 15, let's look there for a minute. And let me, let me tell you another one here. Because God is eternal, grace sees me out of time. God is eternal. Therefore, God looks at you out of time. God looks at you based in his viewpoint. God sees you perfect in his son. That's positional truth. Something that is the absolute infrastructure of the grace identity. What does God say about you and I? 
is what I'm thinking about or talking about, does it reflect what God says that, I'm, that I am? Isaiah 26.4 God is eternal. That's why the grace message always works. That's why the devil hates grace. That's why we need a grace culture for our own life and our marriages desperately need that. A grace culture. Because <laughs> without it, we are lost, even as a Christian. With our own gospel. Nothing glorious about our gospel. Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. And this is what builds people. This is what uh, builds people that healthy people build strong churches. This is what uh, helps people understand their grace identity. All right. How you doing so far? You good for a few more minutes? Is this good? Is this good? Okay. All right. Great. God is infinite, therefore his grace is without limits. God is infinite, therefore the cause of that is that his grace is without limitation. Ephesians 3.19 This is so valuable. Because we war so much within ourselves with our concept of God. And this is the number one challenge is our concept of God is way too small. Way too small. Way too small. Way much like me and how I think. I don't want that. I don't want that. God says, I want to break the concepts. I want to show you my limitlessness. Isn't that how many want that? Amen. I am so limited. And God is nothing like me or you, thank God. That's why nothing is impossible with God. It's so interesting how we can regulate God. I'll give you 2% of God and I'll give you 10% because I like you and over there you're going to get more of God. <laughs> no, God is 100%, 100% of the time. He's 100%, 100% of the time. So this is why, God, I want to know you and the overflow goes to the broken people. The overflow goes to our ministry. I was explaining to my son the other day about salvation. And we were talking about God in each person's life. 
and he's he's eight years old and uh, that's hard to communicate this concept to an eight year old <laughs> I said God is a hundred percent in me he's a hundred percent mom he's a hundred percent and I just started naming like 20 or 30 people off the top of my head I said God's a hundred percent in all this and my son I'm watching his mind get blown up like, I said, can you understand that? And he goes, no. I said, neither can I. But it's true. It's true. He's limitless. That's why sin is conquered at Calvary and in our experience. All right, we're going to wait on Luke 15, but let's look at Romans. Because Luke 15 is a whole other message. Uh, But it's okay. It's it's so Luke 11, uh, Romans 11. Okay, and as you're turning there, God is unchangeable. Therefore, His grace never changes. Great God, how can you be so gracious to me? Because I don't change. God says Malachi 3:6. Malachi 3, 6. Isn't that good? Grace doesn't depend on the recipient. It it totally depends on the giver. This is the best news. We are not trying to fix ourselves. We simply, God is trying to heal us. And our concept must be broken. And say, God, you are so much more beautiful and so much more good than I can even comprehend. So why is there so much tragedy? I'll tell you why. We know it's sin. But it's it's the humanistic way of thinking. God is underestimated. And man is overestimated. That's why there's so much tragedy. Because God is small. And pushed into the corner. And, and just say, hey, we'll call you out when we need you. And God is like, oh really? I became poor so that you could have power. I became nothing so that you would have something. I became death so that you would have eternal life. It's incredible. Isn't that, isn't that like, wow, like Jesus, you are so good. And you give grace for the times of tragedy. And he is faithful to do that in a personal way. Okay, here it is. God, God's grace is, or because God is omniscient, here it is, don't, don't lose this one. Therefore, his grace knows everything about us. And he chooses to see us in Christ. Okay, think about that. Don't run out of the room here. God knows everything about you and I. Okay, let that process for a minute. He knows everything. He sees everything. He hears everything. From the end to the beginning. And he chooses 
to look at you and I in his son. Praise God for that. Amen. Any hallelujahs on that? I mean, that is like we see our see. We see ourselves in evil. We see ourselves in sin. We see ourselves in a bad way. God says, I see you in my son. Okay, Romans 11.33. See, this revelation will heal a bad self-image. This type of uh, understanding will help us have right motivation. This type of revelation will help us with deep encouragement when we're depressed. When we want to quit. All of a sudden God says, look at, look at this little glimpse. That's incredible. Because I am everywhere knowing everything and doing all things. My grace is sufficient. Oh, the depths of the riches both of wisdom and knowledge. How unsearchable are the judgments in his ways past finding out. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says it good too. I have not seen nor ear is heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him that means our kids are going to be okay that means our world is on fire but we're not on fire that means we have safety in the perfect will of God and, and let it all come you are made for this time You are made for this time. We are made as trophies of grace for this time. I'm running out of time. <laughs> Actually, I just looked at my clock. Are you good for five more minutes? Can I keep going, Pastor Johan? Okay. Thank you. I just realized I, I'm talking too much here. But this is good. Because God is wise. His grace acts perfectly in every situation. Because he is wise, grace acts perfectly. Romans 16.27 Because God is omnipotent or all-powerful, his grace has power to change me. His grace changes me. Transformation. We talk a lot with addictions. We, I work a lot with addiction counseling. And this is the only agent of change is the grace of God. Willpower. Programs. They have their place. But grace changes the appetite for Drugs. I'm working with a young man and he was powerless, a slave to sin. And we have been studying grace together. And for the first time in his life, he has, he feels again, he feels. 
He has purpose. He has joy. And he senses God. This is what grace does. Grace resurrects the dead. And Timothy talks about it. The one that's enslaved to pleasure is dead while they yet live. And we understand that. That our natural man wants the sin. But grace changes us. Grace changes and gives us a desire to sit in a meeting for an hour and hear the Bible. Grace changes us to love our spouse when they deserve something much different. Right? Or anybody for that matter. <laughs> Grace transforms us. Transformation. Changed by something outside of us. This is why we preach the gospel and we don't worry about the results. I can't change you and nor can you change me or you can change you can't even change yourself. But what happens? We receive the word of God. Jeremiah 15, 16, we eat the Bible. And the agent or the Holy Spirit of the Bible transforms and does the work inside of us. So it's the word that does the work of God. So we read our Bible and all of a sudden we have peace and we settle anxiety, we settle the fear mongers in our life. And all of a sudden we're interested in the things of God. Remember the devil is saying, look at yourself. Look at what you're not doing. Do not negotiate with the devil. Say, devil, I got word, one word, two words for you. Grace, grace. Grace, grace in the devil's face. So it sounds good in English, but grace, grace. <laughs> okay, all right, this is good. I, I, okay, okay. So, per, okay, God is, uh, okay, God is transcendent. He's above everything in 320. Ephesians 3.20. Therefore, his grace is beyond human comprehension. And also another good verse is Job 26. 7 through 14. Okay, God's grace is everywhere present. Therefore, grace is always with us. It's always with us. If we make our bed in hell, hopefully not. Grace will be there to pull us out. Maybe I'll stop there. Uh, but in Luke 15, we'll talk about it maybe tonight. The prodigal was rescued from the pit because he remembered his father's heart. And that's what led him out. Knowing God, we know ourselves truly how God has made us. 
How many are thankful? Amen. People building. I mean, we, we have a lot of methods. We have a lot of strategies. But this is the heart of it. If we miss this, we miss everything. We use people. We get angry with people. We put pressure on ourselves. We get upset because things don't go the way they should. God says, newsflash, I am here. This is, that's my person. <laughs> my work. By the way, my church. And we say, yes, Lord. I want to know you. And in knowing him, we know ourselves and we know the work. Amen. Lord, thank you for these thoughts. Lord, just uh, we pray that you would quiet us and give us that revelation uh, that in our mess there's great words, there's, there's a great message happening in our lives. Uh, speak this week. Deliver us. Deliver us from ourself, from our small concepts. Thank you, God. You have so much good prepared. Because that's who you are. Bless our, the listeners, our families, our church here in Jesus' name. Amen.